Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kira Mack, as always, and delighted you've been able to tune in with us today yet again. Now, before we get started, and yes, we will do this every day, please don't forget to like this video. Please subscribe to the channel if you already haven't, and give us an old share on social media if you get a chance. Also, we're available on pretty much all the podcast players, but if we're not on a particular one, let us know and we'll try to get the show on there. And now that that's all said and done, let's jump into the very first story of the day, where we see 110 Thai immigration police officers charged in visa scandal. More than 100 immigration police officers, including three generals, have been found to have issued visas illegally to foreign visitors, Police General Suchart Hakparn, the Deputy National Police Chief, said yesterday. All 110 have been charged with malfeasance in office and taking bribes, he said, adding that he expects the case to be sent to the public prosecutors this week. The probe into visa scandals in which immigration police officers and several local administrative officials are implicated is an extension of an investigation into the conduct of a handful of immigration police officers who were allegedly involved in issuing visas for Chinese businessmen Chinat, Nat, and other Chinese businesses allegedly involved in grey businesses here in Thailand. Chinat and dozens of his associates are currently being held on remand on multiple charges including narcotic trafficking, money laundering and involvement in organised transnational crime. And yes, when they mean the issuing of illegal visas they mean for Chinese people and citizens only because that's exactly who what or where it's been happening now this stems back to raids that happened back I think in early November here in Thailand where um, actually somebody complained about noise coming from what they said wasn't a legal business and then it turned out well uh, it actually was Chinese owned and then the, the whole scandal about Chinese illegal visas being issued uh, Chinese people assuming names and high IDs of dead people from the northeast of Thailand and just absolute um, scandal bribery and everything else that went with it now these guys as they say are already in prison uh, on remand there will be no bail because we all know when you get bail in this country what happens Everybody disappears quietly and uh, then after that nobody can be ever found again. Hence we're talking about the uh, Red Bull Air. Uh, even, um, you know, Taksin Shinawatra and his uh, sister as well. So yeah, once you get your passport back you seem to be able to get out of Thailand pretty easily. But moving along, our dear Prime Minister Prayut hails tourism revival. Prime Minister Prayachana Cha is pleased with the recovery of tourism and thanked agencies concerned for their efforts to organise campaigns to attract foreign visitors, government spokesman Anuka Borasapasari said. The Prime Minister is delighted that the tourism sector is making a recovery with several positive signs. He also thanked relevant agencies and the private sector for their efforts to organise campaigns to promote tourism while maintaining health precautions, Mr Anuka said on Monday. The PM instructed related agencies to be good hosts from now on, while health precautions must still be taken into account. He said that General Pryot was glad that Thailand remains a popular destination among international travellers. In particular, Chinese tourists see Thailand as their dream destination after China's government relaxed travel restrictions on its citizens, Mr Anuka said. China's reopening now allows tour companies and travel agencies to organise Chinese group tours to 20 countries, including Thailand, as of Monday. Mr Anuka said the Tourism Authority of Thailand had pressed ahead with its China is back strategy to attract Chinese tourists by working with the private sector to organise the Two Lands, One Heart campaign. 
digital tools, worldwide platforms and celebrity marketing have been employed to attract tourists as part of the campaign, while efforts have been made to resume and increase flights in response to Chinese travel demands, he noted. The TAT has also worked with its partners to sell tour packages for trips on the R3A route that connects Kunming in China via Luang Nam Tha and Bokao in Laos to Chiang Rai province in Thailand, the China-Lao high-speed rail and cruises on the Mekong River, Mr. Anuka said. A tourism promotion event will also be held this month to allow the Thai and Chinese private sectors to discuss tourism promotions campaigns. The spokesman added that Bangkok will also host the 16th World Chinese Entrepreneurs Convention Bangkok in June. More than 3,000 Chinese businesses leaders are expected to attend the event, giving an added boost to the economy and the tourism sector. According to the Thai Chinese Chamber of Commerce, the meeting will be held at the Queen Sirikit National Convention Center from June 24th to 26th. Meanwhile, the first tour group from China arrived on a flight to Don Muang Airport on Monday, said the TAT Governor Yutasak Supasorn. Spring Airlines Flight 9C7419 landed at Don Muang Airport at 8.05am from Guangzhou with a group of 40 tourists. And yes, we went through the rest of that. They're expecting uh, something like 150,000, 200,000 tourists from China in February alone this year. So we'll see if they actually get to that number. But in general, um, let's not dwell too much on Chinese tourists. Uh, tourism in Thailand is actually seems to be doing very, very well. Now, if you're in Phuket, though, and you know, you're an expat living here, or you're somebody working here for quite a long time, you're nearly craving the days of COVID when the roads were half empty, and you can get from A to B in a reasonable time, because right now Phuket is an absolute mess. But this comes from the lack of investment in infrastructure, in public transportation, and you know, stuff that we have talked about in this show a lot over the last couple of years. Nothing has improved from the Phuket government. They've really done nothing to improve any of this. And this is why traffic is so, you know, just absolutely horrendous at the moment. You know, the, the main road, Tepkasatri Road through uh, central Phuket is regularly jammed. They've built extra shopping centers on it with no thought for how traffic will go in and out. And that's just around the Heroines Monument. If you know this kind of an area, they built a new Robinson. And it was bad enough before they put a shopping center there, but they they had no thought as to how the traffic, you know, will get in and out and how motorists will deal with all this. And this is part of the problem with planning on a small island is there is no planning. It's just build, build, build every green space. Let's put houses on it or hotels or you know, car parks, there's no actual green space anymore for people to mix in. And, and this is continuing on here in Phuket a lot. And things do need to change and a more pragmatic approach to uh, tourism needs to happen. I mean, during COVID, we heard a lot about how Thailand was going to offer this sustainable tourism. And the plan was to have kind of lower numbers, but spending more. And although we don't agree with this, you could start to see when you're living in an area that's becoming overpopulated, in terms of tourists, that yes, maybe it's needed. Maybe the government do need to look at how many tourists are allowing on the island, the amount of flights coming in out, not just think constantly about, you know, the Thai bat or the dollar or whatever, the currency they've got floating in their mind. Things can be better, should be better for people who live there too. An awful lot of Russians currently in Phuket, and I see a lot of people complaining about them on social media. You either like them or you don't like them. That's entirely up to you, you know. I was in Central Festival last weekend, and I can honestly tell you the only voice and sounds I could hear was of Russian accents, and that was it. And there's an awful lot. And it's a big turnoff for some people. So, you know, and, and some we can understand that, especially with the Ukraine-Russian war. A lot of 
Europeans may not, uh, you know, would not be on the side of Russia, let's say, and would think maybe they shouldn't be, you know, parading around in Thailand on holidays, etc. And that's a that's a viewpoint of a lot of people. Other people who would say, yes, if they want to go on holiday, they can go on holiday. But that's, you know, entirely up to them. But yes, that's currently the state of tourism here in Phuket. Very busy, overpopulated and very hard to get around. And I don't know what the attraction is for tourists with that. But nevertheless, we'll move on to the next story. And it's actually quite an interesting story. A vote on the media ethics bill was adjourned due to a lack of a quorum. A lack of a quorum forced the joint sitting of the Thai parliament today to adjourn before a vote on the media ethics bill, which is widely opposed by media practitioners who fear it would restrict media freedoms. Opposition MPs raised strong objections to the bill, which seeks to set up a media ethics council, the proponents of which believe will ensure media independence at the same time promote media ethics. They argue that the bill is out of sync with the current media landscape and political environment. The media was endorsed by the cabinet earlier last year and classified as an urgent agenda that requires deliberation in a joint parliamentary session. The bill claims to promote press freedom, but on the contrary, it will essentially lead to media control, said Natawood Bupatum of the Move Forward Party. Jira Sa Hung Sap of the Putai Party said the bill had its roots in the agenda of the National Council for Peace and Order, the military junta that seized power in 2014. The now defunct council initiated a series of reforms as part of its urgent agenda, which included the media. Major media professionals' organizations have also come out to oppose the bill, which will require all media organizations to be registered with the council and to comply with the ethical standards. Though the council would have no legal power to penalize media professionals or organizations that breach the code of ethics, it can issue reprimands and impose some form of social sanctions. Senator Samchai Sawankarn, however, voiced support for the bill, which he said should help enforce media ethics. We have to admit that the media have problems with ethics and need to be held accountable, said Samchai, himself a former journalist. Another senator also defended the bill, which he said should make the media more responsible. I don't see anything in the bill which would curtail press freedom, he said, noting that the bill does not empower the proposed Media Ethics Council to penalise media for breaching the Code of Ethics. Its only power is to reprimand or to put on probation violators of media ethic. The media people only talk about press freedom but hardly talk about responsibility, he said. In defending the bill on behalf of the Cabinet, the uh, Ministry of the Prime Minister's Office, Tanakorn Wambukanchana, insisted that the government had no intention of interfering with the media. The bill is not designed to pave the way for interference with the media, but to promote media ethics, he said. This is the first time that there are attempts to regulate the media through a statutory instrument. Thai media have been using a system of self-regulation to enforce media ethics, but its effectiveness is often questioned. In their debate, opposition MPs called for a vote on the bill to be postponed to allow more public debate on it. Parliament President Chuan Lek Pai, however, had to order the session adjourned as there was no quorum present. It was the fourth time this year that a House session had to be adjourned due to a lack of a quorum. It's still unclear when or whether the Parliament will call for a vote on the bill during its current session, which, according to a royal decree approved by the Cabinet today, will end on March 1st. 
Yeah, so it looks like um, pretty much the government have been, yeah, actually nobody's been doing anything in Parliament here for the last four to five months. There's never enough people to uh, actually get votes through. So they've all pretty much gone on strike. But I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they don't want major decisions being made at the tail end of this government's kind of um, reign. We're going to have a new election or an election soon, a new government coming in. And I think probably any important bill should be left to that new government to decide upon and to put through Parliament, you know, for the next forthcoming four to five years. And that's certainly a government which many people believe kind of have curtailed uh, many people's freedoms over the last few years, including probably the media's and other people's freedoms. I think it's probably a, a wise thing to just let it go to the next government and let them put a true parliament, if they so choose to, of course, and they may not. So entirely up to them, I guess. They'll have the mandate and they'll run under mandate and people will say what they want and don't want to see. Now, Phuket Tour Company's license suspended after employee attacks a Chinese tourist. A tour company in Phuket has had its operating license suspended for six months after one of the employees allegedly attacked a Chinese customer. The female employee was summoned to Karan District Police Station on Monday to acknowledge charges of assault and carrying a knife in a public place after the victim posted on her Facebook page that she was attacked by the employee when she went to the tour company to demand a 5,000 baht refund after the company had failed to arrange a sightseeing trip to Simeon Island for her. The alleged assailant is expected to be indicted in the Phuket District Court today. The incident prompted Phuket Governor Narang Wun-si to call an urgent meeting yesterday with relevant agencies to prevent a recurrence of the incident as it may tarnish the image of Thailand and in particular Phuket. As if the images can be much more tarnished as it has been over the last month. The government said that the Chinese consular office in Phuket had been informed of the action taken by the Thai authorities. After the meeting, Tourism Authority of Thailand's Tourism Business and Guide Office ordered the suspension of the operating license of the tour company in question for six months. Officials said the company could face a fine up to 500,000 baht over the incident. I think fair enough. Um, there's too many agencies that suddenly don't want to give refunds anymore, especially when things go sideways. So you you book a trip, can't go on the trip for, you know, maybe it's cancelled for bad weather. And they're, and they're very, very quick or slow. They're very, very quick to tell you no refund. They're very slow to return it. And I, I actually, I think there should be rules and laws around this as well. And finally, moving along, and finally our last story, which is an interesting story. Now, this happened a few months ago, but we're finally getting updates on it. And it's about a backpacker slices her face open in moped crash during her holiday in Thailand. Emma Lewis crashed her vehicle through a window and needed 56 dishes after slicing her face open from side to side. A backpacker's trip to Thailand turned into a holiday from hell after she crashed a moped through a window, slicing her face open from side to side. Emma Lewis, 24, lost control of the moped and crashed into a window, uh, a house window, while on the way to go snorkeling on Copanyan. A taxi driver came quickly to her aid when he witnessed the aftermath of the crash and drove her to a local medical clinic. Emma's injuries included deep cuts uh, on her left shoulder, right thigh and knee, as well as the wound to her face and several tendons in the right foot. She was x-rayed and packed with gauze before being taken to Bangkok Hospital Samui via two ambulance and a speedboat. She was treated with 56 stitches, racking up a £20,000 in medical bills before returning to the UK for a skin graft on her foot. Four months later, she is now almost fully recovered. Her scarring wasn't permanent, but she'll have to uh, use Factor 30 sunscreen on her face whenever she leaves the house for the rest of the year. Emma, a student uh, from Basingstoke, Hampshire, said the glass window shattered and that's how I got all my injuries. Glass cut the top of my right foot and there was complete skin loss. 
The wound was five centimeters by five centimeters deep. You could see inside, they need to take skin from my left hip to cover it. It was like something out of Halloween. It was horrible. The operation in Thailand alone would have cost 10,000 pounds as well as stitches and seven day stay. The nurse was really nice, but they kept coming into my room at 2 a.m. with a card machine. After coming down from the adrenaline, Emma, Emma struggled with the language barrier. The communication was quite hard. There was a lot of Google Translate going on, she said. As a vegetarian, I struggled with the food as well. It was a struggle having to eat tofu and rice every single meal. While waiting to be flown back to London for surgery, the added pressure of a potential £20,000 medical bill added a lot of stress to Emma. Emma's situation, she added. Every day was like, you need to pay the bill, you need to pay the bill. I did have insurance, but the company was really bad at communicating. With the help of her father, Dave Lewis, 56, Emma was able to cover the bills before being reimbursed by the travel company. It only cost £200 to take the policy out and it saved me over the over 20 grand in medical bills, she said. I posted on TikTok in the hopes that someone might see it and decide to buy travel insurance too. If you're going to be riding mopeds in Thailand, make sure you're covered. Always wear a helmet and make sure you're, rent, you're renting. It might uh, seem like a lot at first, but £200 is worth it when it comes to this situation. Now, a couple of things on that. Good advice from Emma. Of course, she forgot to mention, make sure you actually have a driving license for that motorbike, and you know how to drive a motorbike before you head off in it, because most insurance companies, as we all know, will do their very best to make sure that they don't have to pay, and they'll look for every reason not to. And the first thing they hear when people in Thailand crash in a motorbike accident is, do you have a motorbike license? Because we want to make sure you're legally on the bike. If the answer is no, more than likely you're not going to be covered. I'm curious if she actually did have a motorbike license. Sounds like she did because they paid out or maybe they paid out because of her TikTok video and the fact she got so much exposure via the media media and the insurance company didn't want to be, you know, looking like kind of assholes in all of this. But to me, it does seem that she was not experienced on a moped, the manner in which she crashed. It also seems I'm not sure what kind of policy she had that would cover her for a moped accident accident like that and maybe not having a license but it'd be interesting to find out if she did have a license i don't know if they they, they're reimbursing her as well that's another thing you should always try to deal with insurance companies that work directly with hospitals because the last thing you need to be doing is paying out in advance and getting it back from your insurance company now a lot of insurance companies travel insurance companies will work directly with the hospital in in general you know if you go in there they'll have relationships with that and the thing is to find whoever your company is maybe from the UK that you've insured it, who their representative company is in Thailand, because most of them do have representative companies, maybe not the same name, but it'll be another company here in Thailand. And that's the best way, in my opinion, to make sure that you don't have to pay anything is to get that set up straight away. She was in there for seven days. I don't think it would have been a huge issue to get her insurance to have it probably paid or at least a guarantee of payment from the insurance company. I think that's mostly what the uh, what the hospitals want is a guarantee of payment. And once they get that, you should be okay. I'm not 100% sure what's happened in this case. I'm just reading this from a couple of articles online, which a little bit vague. And obviously her story was probably slightly different from the truth as well. But nevertheless, she was lucky that her 200 pounds covered her. As I said, I don't know if she actually had a motorbike license or did they even think to ask, did you have one? Um, As I said, they may have come to the conclusion that for PR, it might be better to pay this out rather than, uh, you know, face the wrath of the media and public opinion. But nevertheless, that is the story. And the advice is, if you're going on holidays here to Thailand, ensure you have travel insurance. 
And if you're riding a motorbike here in Thailand, make sure you have the proper license. A international driving license for a car is not good enough here in Thailand. You need an international driving license for a motorbike. And that's it for today, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you all again during the week.